Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Off Menu. My name is Jeff, and when I was a kid, my dad took me to bars he tended, and I'd run behind the bar and exclaim, breaking the law, breaking the law, because that's what Beavis would do. <laughs> my name is Jimmy, and I don't like seafood. Mm. My name is Dan, and I recorded another dream. Ooh, oh, are we? Yeah. I guess we have to get right into that now. Oh, you got to give me a second. Why then. would you bring it up without it being prepared? <laughs> I, I have we like were... seven tabs open right now with everything I need for this episode. You're a better man than I, what, Jeff. Jimmy. Yes. Get the hell out of here. I have it. Yeah, okay? I know. You don't like seafood? Eat the seafood, Jim. Don't we're like it. We're making clam pie today. No, I'm not eating it. You're eating it. It's going to be delicious. <laughs> so do you want to get right into this? Let's get right into it. Okay, so this There's... is recent. Okay. Wow. This is from the night before last. This is my favorite part of our podcast. We haven't done one in a long time. I know. Right off the bat, too. All right, you ready? What yep. a week this is. What a time to be alive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to plan a surprise birthday party for Jeff and I wanted to have it at like a TGI Fridays or something, but they got mad because I wanted to bring my own burgers and I was like, <laughs> he doesn't like your burgers, he likes your sides. He only likes your sides. And they got mad because they had like TVs all around like a sports bar and I wanted them to show the movie 12 years a slave <laughs> you know, like it's too depressing and i was like yeah but he loves it and it's our history <laughs> wow that was good Oh, that's kind of like the time at Hooters when I was watching Star Trek The Next Generation on one TV and they changed it and I caused a fuss. <laughs> I was like, true. excuse me, can you please put that back on? I was watching that. So yeah, the only part of the dream that I still remember to this day is some just fictitious manager who was like, it's too depressing. We can't show 12 what? Years a Slave They're on not wrong TV. for a TGI Fridays. <laughs> Have you ever been there? Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot yeah, to take it's, in. It's very, very happy there. It's a... <laughs> It certainly is a place. So, yeah, starting off with a fun. Wow, fun. that was great. Oh, oh man. Boy. Yeah, so uh, we got, I got a text message, guys. Wow. Oh. I got it from friend of the show, Josh, of joshlees.com and novistry.com yes. <laughs> and Malfurion practices. Uh, and he said, this is in reference to our music episode, which oh, okay. he, he played instruments on some of those songs. Oh. Yo, that Stimulate Me song of yours is quite the topical banger. I hope it gets into the top 100s or one of those now that's what I call music <laughs> CDs. That was, a good that was nice. I've heard a lot of feedback about my bad songs. Yeah, we did <laughs> like, post a poll as promised. Uh, was Jeff's Chinese food song problematic? Oh, how did that come out? I didn't even look. Not good, Jeff. Oh, I'm racist. 80%. Uh said it was problematic oh god oh no sorry guys cancel me good news is 
only five people voted. So okay, but yeah, like drag queen was brought up on Twitter. We had like uh, podcasts that Jimmy was talking to brought up drag queen. I oh. talked about it on that show actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what was the Twitter response to drag queen? I don't remember. It was somebody. Well, I think Miranda it. said something about not wanting to hear any more of it or something. Oh, okay, well then that makes sense. Yes, because <laughs> that that is awful. Yeah, the one thing on our music that I forgot about. Like we uh, we scoured through everything. Like I could put up mm-hmm. weird songs we put up there. I was thinking like Dan came up with a theme song for our last podcast that was really good. I've I almost brought that up last episode the when we recorded that episode, but I totally forgot about it. I didn't even think about it until Neither today. Not, but yeah. I agree that might be like the best song I've ever written. It was, and then when Dan left the podcast, and I was like, I'm gonna make my own song. I made one worse. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever even heard that, that. would have that would have been really fun to compare the two and like yeah Dan's is way better and you suck yeah because he's a musician and I you have just to go admit like, like no. after I recorded that and like I feel like you guys were like yeah that's good but I didn't get the praise that I really craved <laughs> I I envisioned myself as some sort of like um uh Jesse Katsopoulos Joey Gladstone <laughs> like Rush Hour Renegades team that like makes jingles and I just imagined yeah. myself going around pitching jingles and I was like I wonder if I could do that and then I was like no. You can't, I mean, like, the that theme song was good. Thank you. Let's punch it in right here. So you like comic books, and you're really a nerd, and you want some humor fast. Just go to www.comicabob.com for the Comedy Comedy Cast. It's nerdy humor fast. Be Yeah, I'm glad that people enjoyed that episode. It was certainly fun for us to put together. Yeah. Yeah. And we also mm. got to say, we got an email. Oh, from... I hope it's from a female. Oh, good call. <laughs> <laughs> it is an email from um fan of the show, Tristan. He says, um, the subject is podcast. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are. He says, this podcast is amazing, smiley face, and is spectacularly funny. P.S. I we listen are. to Spotify. I listen on Spotify. So that was him saying like he can't review. On right. Spotify. Yeah. So send us an email. Talk me into yeah. at gmail.com. At this point, don't you guys think that's a glaring omission on Spotify's part? They're getting pretty mm. popular in the world of podcasts. They are. For, and there's no for way years, to rate and review. There was like when I found a comedy album on Spotify, I was like, oh, wow, there's talking on here. Yeah. yeah. It's not even music. Do it, Spotify. Put that's the reviews. Good. Yeah. Put it up. Put it up, Spotify. You, you get your stuff together. It's our biggest market. Yeah, I, I pay for fifteen dollars a month for you. Well, for me, yeah. <laughs> each week, we take a few moments to talk to each other in the audience about what we've been talking ourselves into. This is just something little; it's not enough for a whole episode, but it's fun. It's cute. So this week, I've been talking myself into trying out a new hairstyle. I noticed that. As soon as I came in, and Jimmy's laughing because he forgot to record and we're redoing this yeah, so exactly pretend, verbatim. Yeah, let's let's get your pretend takes on this. All right. Uh, so previously, for like the past 10 years or so, I've been wearing the same hairstyle. A high and tight. Yep. That's what I said. Jimmy's <laughs> taking my... I was about to say it because he heard me say it. It's a high and tight fade, a little longer on the top, enough to part it. You know, if I want to look fancy. Very low maintenance. I'll uh, put some pomade in it. Uh, the problem is recently, during the course of the summer, a photo was taken of me in a swimming pool. Uh, from the back, and uh, I got a bald spot. Oh, which, you're balding from there, like spreading yeah, out. Yeah, oh, the crown. Wow, it's not bald; it's thin. And 
when my hair is dry, you don't really notice it. But when it's wet, oh, you could see a lot of scalp. Mm-hmm. So and you're combing over from the front to the back. Well, that's the idea. So uh, <laughs> basically, I'm not going to be like a comb over guy. It's not at that point. Um, but I just want to just take some preventative measures. Measures. So I I spoke to my barber, the famous Ben of uh, yeah. Barbershop 1049 in Southington, Connecticut, about my uh, issues. And, and his recommendation was, did you ever think of just growing the top longer and just you know, like leaving it longer. And it got me thinking, well, maybe, but how would that look? I don't know if I want to part it to the side and have it be really long and stuff like that. So then I started thinking about, uh, what I call the Jimmy Darmody haircut, which if you've watched boardwalk empire, you know that the main character that's, that's kind of been taken over by like all right people. Oh, has it? Yeah. That's like what they're famous for. It's like their, their thing. Oh boy. (laughs) Yours doesn't look like that now, but yeah. Well, because I was going to say, I'm at this weird intermediary time where my the yeah, top like, of my like hair is not long enough. Shit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm literally just finding this out for the first time now. <laughs> now I don't know what to do. You'll be fine, Dan. Well, I'm going to have to do some thinking on that. Jimmy, what have you been talking to yourself? <laughs> He's done. Oh, so boy. should I shave off this little patch under my nose? Oh, boy. <laughs> um. All right. Should I keep it thematic? Sure. Let's keep it thematic. This week, I was talking myself into feeling like a celebrity. Oh. Because I needed a haircut. It was really bad. Sure so, did. Um, Dan recommended uh, Barbershop 1049. So Southern he got the free haircut. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, okay. Jeff. That's fine. I didn't um, know about it. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to go there because like, I usually... My entire life, I've literally just been going to like a hair salon just in Naugatuck because it was easy. And um, I was like, I need a barber. Like I, I went to a barber a couple times in Danbury where I went to school and I just wasn't really feeling it. So it's like I need an actual barber to know what to do with my hair. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Ben because that's just easy. It's pretty close to my house. It's not that far. So I Jeff went Jeff and I both go see Ben. Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. And I went into it and I was like. All right, hey, hey, man, how's it going? He was like, I thought I'd recognize the name, and I was like, What do you mean? He was like, Jimmy Fitch's blogs. <laughs> he was like, um, That'd be great if he knew you from that. Oh my gosh. Um, he was like, Yeah, man, I'm a really big fan of the podcast. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And we're like, we were just talking about the show and stuff, and um, I was just like, This feels really weird. Like he's talking about things that I've said that I've never, yeah. I've never met this man before. Is this the first time you've been like recognized from something you've created? Um, not necessarily. Not necessarily, because when I filmed your show, a lot of people I met there for the first time, like um, Donata and stuff. Oh, uh, they knew you from the they podcast. They knew me for the podcast. And I met Seth. Like, I know him and stuff. Yeah. But um, it, it was just really weird because people were just talking to me about the show and, like, my production quality and, like, my opinions and stuff. We were talking about um, the Umbrella Academy. He was like, yeah, I was going to check it out, but I don't think so anymore now that you and Jeff ruined it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm making an impact yeah. on people. Yeah. And it's really weird. Your words matter, Jimmy. Yeah. He also recommends a lot of horror movies. I've watched a lot that he's yeah. recommended. Yeah. yeah, we talked about movies and stuff. And and um, he actually recommended to me, even though you recommended it too. he brought up, we were talking about uncut gems and he said to watch uh, good time. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. And I did. And With Batman. Really yeah. And yeah. guess what? I recommended that to him. Oh, did you? It comes full circle, baby. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, uh, that movie was really good, but yeah. Talking myself into becoming a celebrity. So how'd the haircut come out? It was very good. Yeah. I uh, got the hot towel. I got, uh, yeah. 
Nice. I got it all. Yeah, it was really Shape good. Shape up with the straight razor. Yep. yep. Nice and COVID health conscious. Yes. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Definitely going good. back Masks there. and everything. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff. I got two small ones, so I'm just going to group them together because they fit together, which just, is kind of weird. Just plow through. I'm plowing through, baby. I'm talking myself into <laughs> part one, using cash because... <laughs> Haven't done it since March because I don't want to touch people's gross mm. cash. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's true. I don't even want to like use my card. I've been using tap everywhere. Like tap, tap, pop, pop. Don't want to touch mm. anything. Yep. But then I go to this Chinese place and I order my food and I go to pick it up. And you wrote a song about it. I wrote a song and I was like, listen, I want you to write a song about how I got here so quickly. <laughs> so then uh, I took out my card and she was like, oh, no, we don't take card and in my head i'm like but you deliver like who has cash at home yeah, that's weird it was kind of weird but anyway i was like a lot of people i was like oh i have cash which i did don't know where it came from <laughs> i had like uh 20 in my pocket and i was like i don't know but the only reason i knew i had cash was because part two of my talk myself into i got selected to be a nielsen rating household oh yeah and they i saw send this you on cash. socials and i have questions yeah so if you don't know what it is nielsen has been rating television and radio for decades mm -hmm. and i did one time like 10 years ago what they do is they sent you a pamphlet and they're like for one week write down every single thing you watch and i lied i put down fringe for like everything because i wanted it to get good ratings <laughs> this is when we were like trying to keep it on the yeah, air yeah because they were like fox is like putting it on sundays and moving it to like friday nights and like giving it terrible time slots and airing it out of order and i was like ah but they used to they used to send you like a dollar or two dollars cash and then you fill it out and when you send it back you get two dollars cash. Now, because we're living in Trump's America and he's done wonders for the economy, they send you a fiver. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, do. oh, so the only reason I knew I had cash is because I put the five in my wallet and I was like I got $25. So I gave her the money and then she gave it back. And I was like, oh, I have to like, like this person in front of me just paid with like those singles. And I like sanitized the hell out of my hands. And like, I don't know, but like I, I was using cash and then I, I wrote down. It's a lot different. Nielsen. Now they're asking you very basic questions. Yeah. And, I got one of those last year. Yeah. They're like, do you have internet in your house? What's your favorite show? What do you listen to on the radio? So I put Dr. Who and NPR because like, that's <laughs> who I am. Yeah, that's what I was wondering was um, I thought it was like sort of the old way where you had to keep track no, of everything that you watch. Very basic. Like so I was questions. going to ask, like, are you even eligible because you don't have cable? Yeah, no, they don't even ask about cable. They ask huh. about Internet, what your favorite or how much TV do you watch? I just say TV. Right. Um, what, I felt like I couldn't do this because I work in broadcasting. Right. I was like, I watch TV about eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what your favorite show is what you listen to on the radio. Yeah. Your how many adults in the house or how many people in the <laughs> household? Okay. Man, female race just <laughs> basic stuff so yeah those two uh went hand in hand i applaud you great. yeah that's cool i just burped when i said great by accident i'm sorry great, great. <laughs> <laughs> The Off Menu Podcast with hosts Ed Gamble and James Acast. Thought you were going to say Ed Gein, and I was like, yo, that is a cool cooking show. <laughs> <laughs> is what I'm going to talk you fellas into. Now, if you remember, maybe like, I don't know, 50 episodes ago, one of my talk myself into was this podcast because I just started listening to it and I really, really liked it. Um, 
I found out about this show from a coworker. He was like, ha ha, Jeff, have you ever heard this podcast? And I was like, no, I haven't. He was like, this is a joke they said on it. And I was like, ha ha, that was a funny joke. I will also listen to this podcast. And then I listened to it and I was like, I like this podcast a lot. I'm going to listen to more than you. And and that's what happened. So before I get into it, what is your guys' exposure to uh, Off Menu? Zip. Zero. Wowie kazowie. So I remember Dan being extraordinarily confused when I brought up this concept. <laughs> Much like Dungeons time. and Daddies. Yeah. So this the, one's even simpler, too, which is really funny. So it is a comedy podcast. And oh, I do remember you talking about they this bring now. a guest on and the guests range from British comedians to American comedians. They've recorded some in America. Now they're recording in quarantine um, to like they they had an MP on. They have like food people on people that. Well, they had like a rapper on. They just have a whole bunch of people. And every guest, the the conceit of the podcast is that uh, James is a genie waiter. Gesundheit. That was Thank you. vile. I saw it spread. He is a genie waiter and he can he can present to you in, in the restaurant in your mind. It's not real, Dan. They're not getting this real food. Uh, any food that you want. They go course by course and they discuss their the guest's food favorite ideal menu it doesn't have to like pair together well it could just be like the best things they ever ate and they go through categories they start off with what kind of water they want um what kind of starters they want main course dessert drinks and it veers off like it's it's very conversational i don't know if it's just really good editing um but it's very funny and it gets really into food too, which we like. Like every food yeah. thing I brought up, you like first we feast, brother greens eat, actually record and cook with us videos. Um, we love that stuff. I remember immediately what I was confused about that there's, there's no actual cooking or eating on this. No, podcast. no, they're just disgusting. Food. Yeah, they're just very, very casual. I think and, you did a better uh, job explaining it this the time. The two hosts are. <laughs> You're like, who's the genie? <laughs> I was like, how do they acquire all these foods without knowing ahead of Where time? Where did they find a lamp? Where is the magic? Magic is real? So these two guys are professional comedians, so they're very funny. And um, I'm going to have you listen to three episodes. I'm going to have you listen to the first episode I listened to, which was Kumail Nanjiani. Nice. Because he's very funny. He is. And then the second episode, I asked uh, I asked for help on this. Uh, one of our friends, Alex Murawski, friend of the show. He's yeah. a huge off-menu fan, I found out. And he, is he a friend of the show, though, or just a friend of yours? No, he listens. Oh, okay. he, he comments sometimes, too. And he is a friend of mine. Personally Shout out to the little well. guy. Yeah, the little guy, Alex, making that honey money. Um, he suggested episode four with Nish Kumar, who is a comedian and a very close personal friend to James Acaster. And he brings up stories with Nish all the time. So um, that's a good episode. And then I'm going to have you guys pick something because I, I want we always curate Mm. Um, episodes to the other person. So there's a lot of funny ones that I'm like, I could pick this, but there are two really funny episodes, but I only want to, I only wanted to give you three. And if you like it, you guys listen to the other one. Would you guys rather listen to an episode with Paul F. Tompkins or Susie Essman? Mm, that's a hard one. Well, let's say it at the same time. You knew, First of all, you know who both of them are, yes. right? Okay. One, two, three. Paul, Paul F. Tompkins. Tompkins. Okay, that's yeah. a great one. I like Susie Essman a lot, but Paul F. Tompkins is a tried and true, uh, what do you call it? When they, Podcaster. No, when funny they make man. up comedy. Improv. 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 Yeah. Improv. Susie Essman's episode was very funny. There are some episodes that I don't know who the person is, and I howl. I laugh so loud. Okay. It is very funny. Okay. So I think um, that's it. I'm going to give you three episodes, but 
I think it'll be fun if we spice things up a little bit. Oh no, I don't, oh, like, I don't surprises, like surprises. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I want just briefly. We're not going to have a whole episode on this at the end of our discussion. Oh. I think we should do a roundtable and uh, tell the audience our favorite. Oh, that's courses. fun. That's fun. Yeah, we won't yeah, dig. I thought you were going to make it. us cook one of these meals or something. No, no, <laughs> that would be pretty wacky because yeah. some of these are pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it'll be a fun time. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, did Eugene Merman ever do this show? He did not. Because he's a huge foodie. I yeah, follow him that, on Instagram. He is, yeah. That would be great. He's just too. straight up like posting recipes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. He's a good cook from what yeah. I can see. No, they they did come. They have a lot of re- episodes pre-recorded too. But there's some that like I wasn't expecting to be good. Like um, what's Lois's name from the Adventures of Lois? Terry Hatcher? Oh, Lois and Clark? Yeah. Yeah, Terry Hatcher. Yeah, yeah. That's for Housewives. She was an incredible guest. And I was like, really? <laughs> like this doesn't, I didn't think that this would be a good conversation. But yeah, they pull some surprises out. And uh it's a funny show. Yeah. Sounds good. That's that's all I got. So I'm interested. Got... I like podcasts. Great. I just uh recently checked out this podcast, Dungeons and Daddies, and I like that. <laughs> oh yeah? You did? Yeah. Wow. It was recommended me recommended to me by some Bojo. Yeah. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one for a while because this is like this is my favorite podcast. Whoa! Yeah, every wow. Thursday I'm listening to it. I like, thought you were a big thing. national lampoons guy. That was only limited. Oh. That oh, that one's that funny, but no, this is I love this. And I caught up on a bunch of episodes uh, that came up before I started listening to it on a road trip with my wife. And my she wife. is not a fan. No, really? She's like, why are their voices weird? Well, they're British. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and then uh, there's another thing in there I don't want to spoil. But yeah. Okay. That's all I okay. got. Okay. Let's end this and record some more other episodes. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Off Menu is a podcast that Jeff really, really, really wanted us to listen to. Really so, so much. He fucking snuck a bite in. <laughs> You're going to hear in the outtakes all of the vitriol that is spewing between two best friends because he can't not eat off microphone. It's lunchtime. No, it's it's one thirty. It's, it's way a little past. past. Yeah, I ate past before lunch. we recorded. Everything was. It's a food episode, Dan. I'm glad that you're getting That's into why I'm the celebrating. Spirit. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So this is a podcast that I love, and it brings joy and not hate like Dan's eating habits bring me. This is a podcast about eating habits. Yes, yeah. very much so. Should we just dive right in head first? Let's Get go in. It. Yeah. So for to start, they they usually start the episodes with a brief introduction before the guest gets there, mm-hmm. and they tell us what the secret ingredient is. And I didn't give you episodes where they actually said the secret ingredient, but oh. if if a guest says oh, the secret it ingredient, happened? they kick them out of the studio. They're gone. And is that really the end of the episode? It, it, I think it's happened twice, and the first time it happened, they were like, "Wow, it actually happened!" Like they were shocked, and they played it up like they're going to kick him out, but they didn't. It's just, uh, it's just for fun. I hate that because we definitely would have followed through on that. Yeah. Just, all of a sudden, you're just like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> That's really funny, actually. Yeah. I wish, I wish you so, did give that. So, Kumil's uh, secret ingredient was star anise. Oh, you're you're starting there. I wasn't sure which, which No, I just, I just brought up the... Well, Kumail was the first episode I had you listen to. Okay. Yeah, I listened to him in a different order. I listened to him in numerical order. Whatever you want. I mean, whatever. Okay. I guess. Well, let's start with I, I wanted you to listen to Kumail because that's the first episode I heard. So right. we're doing this my way, Dan, which sure. is how I... It's my way. My way or the highway. Uh, Kumail Nanjani, who yeah. is a comedian that we like. Yep. Love him. And he's going to be... Uh, he's going to be a Marvel. Yep. Marvel he's, yeah. he's a Marvel. Yeah. All right. Um... So this was one of my, out of the three that we listened to, this is one of my more enjoyable ones. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. a um, sort of a nice balance of 
the amount of introduction that they gave before mm-hmm. they got into the menu mm-hmm. and then discussion about the menu. However, I will say that his menu choices to me were like my least favorite. I right. It's a major Sometimes it cop happens. out. I think he majorly copped out. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how um, a lot of guests, because this is their only time on the podcast, they get into to like genie rules a lot. Yeah. Early yeah, on. which is pretty Sometimes funny. it's more than others. Sometimes you're just like, okay, that's the podcast. Let's move on. But no, they really dived into genie rule here. Yeah, like and, Paul F. Tompkins really went into yeah, it. Yeah, they did too. Yep. So you guys, I did write down the menu choices. Okay, I believe they're on the web their website too. They have their whole menus, and if they mention restaurants, they log all of the actual real. Well, that's smart. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, uh, still or sparkling water? He chose still water, but he wanted it to have zero effect on his meal. So he actually w- would choose uh, an IV of still <laughs> yeah. water. That's what he it's said. Pretty, pretty funny. So he yeah. feels hydrated, but it doesn't like interrupt any of his flavor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, bread or papadoms? He chose papadoms. Right. He did pick a lot of uh, Indian food. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and he talked about a variety of papadums. Um, he sort of goes down this road that he comes back to often, which is this idea of like starting with a bite of his favorite thing and then ending with a bite of his favorite thing, which yeah. is yeah. like, that's a lot to live <laughs> yeah. that way. To It's probably nothing he thinks about, but like it's when you're talking about does. it, yeah, yeah, it's just something that he does. Yeah. You don't look at your plate and you like strategically pick what you want to eat in the moment. Like it's never planned, but I, always, I do that. I always wait for the last thing to be like my favorite thing. You do? Yeah. It's not uncommon. And it depends on what you're eating too. If it's cereal, it's cereal. Like if I'm having like a couple of like like hamburgers, I'm gonna have like the best hamburger last. See, I I actually um, I I sort of try to pace my bites so that I I have an equal amount of things left at the end. Well, it also See, that's depends. Weird. Like you think that's weird? So if I have like a bite of hamburger, <laughs> a bite of macaroni salad, that. and a bite yeah. of corn on the cob, yeah. then I go back to the hamburger. Yeah, I would equate that with his weird thing. Like I think that's on the same level. It of also depends. Like if you're eating barbecue, I might see like a piece of brisket with like really good fat, and I'll be like, I'm gonna save that for a couple yeah. bites. Yeah, I might eat the dry one to get it out of the way, but like I want, I know when I want to eat this bite. No, that thought never occurs to me. All I would think was, I, I want to make sure at the end I'm not gonna have like just coleslaw or just brisket, even though the brisket might be the best. What part. about how he looks at a menu way before he goes and plans in advance because i do that all it's like if i'm going to a place i get obsessive with it and then i get there and i still don't know what i want yeah well that's what i was gonna say is we i I think i speak for all of us when i say we we do like pre-look at menus i don't actually you don't i don't really go to like big artisanal restaurants and stuff like i'm going to like chilies like i'm not really you're like, do I have the burger or yeah. the burger? Yeah. I mean, I do enjoy that kind of stuff, but I'm not really, I'm not a foodie like you guys are. Yeah. Like we're like excited. Like part yeah. of the enjoyment is like gearing yourself up. Yeah, yeah. I love a good restaurant. I love when you guys are like, dude, we got to go to this place. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. But yeah, but you're not, not like, like actively seeking. Yeah, them out. exactly. To me, like reading the menu beforehand is like foreplay. But I, I also like, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. I also won't like insist on like making a choice because I'm also a big proponent proponent of ordering specials i think that the special is like what the restaurant wants you to eat that day Mm -hmm. which from what i've learned from people in the industry is 100 percent not true it's usually like something that they they got for cheap or yeah Yeah, or they have a lot of something but uh soup du jour but jeff you're uh that sounds good (laughs) i'll have that (laughs) you are uh you're a, a pre-looker like I am, but you're also yeah. flexible. Very flexible. You're yeah, not going to be like, I chose yesterday that I'm having the tartar, and that's what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I don't care that my favorite food is on the right. special today. Yeah. 
that's why uh, I like sometimes I like go to a place that they just have a fixed menu. You're like, this is what you're getting. And yeah. I'm like, yes, I will get all of that. But this episode, like other than just being funny and them having pretty great chemistry together, mm-hmm. um, the two hosts and Kumail, um, he said some things that just like hit ha- so close to home. Who, Kumail? Yeah, with the an Indian place is only as good as their lighting. As terrible lighting <laughs> yeah, in an Indian place means really great funny. food and it's so true. <laughs> yeah, like the is. crappier the place looks, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. I yeah, love our that. sort of like home base Indian restaurant for years was uh practically like really more of a Pakistani restaurant. Yeah. Northern Indian the place next to uh, the cabana. Shahizaika. Yeah, Shahizaika. Um and they shout had, out to Rana. And they had some horrible lighting. Oh yeah. They had fluorescent lighting mm. in a drop ceiling. And to give some more ambiance, they chose to spray paint some of the covers yep. uh, blue. Yes. Which would give a nice, of the eerie, lights. yeah, <laughs> blue glow to It just everything. looked like a, a mildewy green. Yeah. It was really well done. Yeah. And I also like those, um, like, rubbery uh, red plastic booths that then had clear plastic covers over them. Yeah, very. <laughs> and, like, the second I walked in there, I was like, I'm going to like this. Oh, this yeah. When your arms are sticking to the tablecloth, you're like, here, and here one, comes some good One food. of the classic talk me into stories about how I got sick at a Pakistani place in New York City. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Place looks like garbage. Too far, though. Yeah, it was a when little. there's, too like, much. insects crawling on the food. <laughs> that's That's a bit much. Might have been a fly. It was summer. There was, the door was <laughs> multiple <laughs> flies crawling over the food. And also, um, he said that something that really turns him off is that, and I quote, there was a figure in my life I did not like that put everything into a big pile and mixed it up. Yeah. There is a figure in my life that I do not like who did just that. Or yep. like three things, put it in a huge pile that didn't even necessarily go together. Yep. And just like eat it like slop. And would also do the embarrassing thing of going to an Indian restaurant and demanding, like sending food back over and over again because it wasn't spicy enough. Yeah. Which is just, that's just a horrible person. Yeah, it is. Um, so did you want to continue on the menu or how yeah, do you want to do let's, this? Let's just keep going. Let's and, just keep going, guys. So, uh, actually, before that, we should talk about the, the ice cream story, which I thought was really oh, funny really about funny. how they got sent a whole lot of ice cream and they're trying to debate. Oh, on, yeah. I like, forgot what, that this was this episode. And how you should eat them like in order and stuff like that, which I thought was just really and funny. And like if somebody had a gun to your head, which <laughs> yeah. cream, would, would you be upset that you ate your least favorite ice cream? <laughs> and then one of the hosts was like, okay, but what if uh, I remember Kumail going into something he was like all right but what if somebody came over and shot you would you feel bad that you ate <laughs> vanilla first or something like that yeah, there was, was a really little bit funny. too much shit talking of vanilla for me like i like a good vanilla ice cream i yeah. do too yeah they're like i saying, prefer it over chocolate yeah they were like Same. calling it like clearly the worst flavor ice cream i don't think it's the most exciting flavor ice cream yeah but sometimes i crave like a nice vanilla bean ice cream all right what's everyone's favorite ice cream we, I can't get to that yet. That's really? tough. Yeah, because oh, it might come yeah. up in our own menu. Jeff yeah. asked us in the first half oh, to, good call. to prepare our own, True. which Jimmy did not do because he's a slacker. No, I have to think about it. We'll still. let you go last on each category okay, so you have thanks. time to think. Um, so for the appetizer, he chose panapuri, which is great. I just had panapuri before listening to this episode. Came with a tamarind sauce. You just pour in and All pop right. it in your mouth. So, Jeff, I'm really bad at the names of Indian dishes, yes. but I've eaten a lot. So... I didn't really get his description. Can you describe panapuri for me? So imagine he I thought he did an amazing job describing it. I couldn't <laughs> picture it. It's it's just like a, a little pastry puff that's kind that's hollowed out. So it's just like like a, a shell. samosa? 
No. So it's like a very thin shell of a pastry with a little hole on top. And like he said, you put things in it. But when I got it, it was takeout. So the things were already put inside of it. What's the shape of the shell? Uh, uh, globe. Globular. Cylindrical. It's not a cylinder. It's a sphere. Spherical. Spherical. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a sphere I don't know that I've ever had that actually. With um, you know, there's different fillings inside and then right. uh the place I ordered from Shirkan, they bring you uh in like this little vial of tamarind sauce, so you just pour it in there and like you said you got to put it in your mouth cuz it's not So when you mm. said you just recently had that, you had it at Shirkan? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. I love that it's place. So mm-hmm. yeah. I've had it other places too, but like I'll have to try really that. It does yeah. sound good. It sort of sounds like a deconstructed soup dumpling. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. It's really good. Um so this is where things start to get a little uh, controversial, Why a little controversial? controversy. Uh, not not necessarily on his mane, but going into his side. So okay. for his mane, he chose his grandma's biryani. Yeah, which was a hilarious story about right, his yeah. dad putting him in, a, or he crawled into a pot of biryani. That's what yeah. he was told. So he was told his entire life that um, that he, when he was like two years old, he crawled into a pot of uh, his grandmother's biryani. Which is hilarious, and then even more hilarious because as an adult, he found out that that's not even a true story. Yeah. Yeah, but like, there's no family stories that you found out were just like a joke that you just thought were real. Oh, yeah, but I think that's relatable and funny. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's very funny. I actually knew this story, and I don't know where I heard it, but he did tell a variation of that, I think, on... um for like one season, he had a Comedy Central show of him and his wife hosting stand up at at that comic book shop. I forget what it's called. Uh, Tom. Yeah, what's it called? Because I was gonna go there when I was in L.A. And Atomic. Were I don't know. Whatever. Cool. Whatever. Uh, so he told the story about meltdown. How, meltdown. Yeah. How about how his uh, family referred to him as Kumail Biryani <laughs> instead of not Johnny? <laughs> that is really That's funny. pretty good. I first saw him on Portlandia. That was the first time I ever saw Kumail. Yeah. Great, um, great story, Jeff. Yeah. All again. <laughs> And then uh, this is where it was also very funny too because he's like, I'm not gonna say like my grandmother's biryani. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, and then he said that. Yeah, he's like, I'm not gonna choose things that are just sentimental. Yeah, I I mean, we'll get this in into this a little bit more in our own families, but I I think um, I don't think you can exclude things because they're sentimental. No, not at all. The sentimentality adds to the flavor. Yeah, and it's how do you separate that? But uh, this is what I didn't like. His side dish was more biryani potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> yeah, that's a cop out because if you, it's, yeah, but it's the funny. genie could just give you as many biryani potatoes as you want. Yeah. Okay. Well, what did you think? You guys thought that was? I okay? thought it was funny. It's funny. Yeah. It's lighthearted. I'm taking this way too seriously. I think. Apparently, yeah. but some people do, and that's what's great. Some people come prepared, and some just go by the seat of their pants. Right. Well, that was pretty fun. What do you do? You one? There's a lot. There's so many inside jokes in this podcast and recurring gags. I just made myself laugh. I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you really quick. Okay. Uh, because of the situation that I listened to this podcast in, I had to uh, take notes by hand, or it was more convenient to me. And I don't ever do this. And um, I wrote down biryani potatoes. And then I wrote in parentheses, I wrote another word that I'm sitting here looking at and thinking, is this referencing a type of seasoning or something? And it's kaput. Then I realized what I had written is cop out. <laughs> I wrote biryani potatoes cop out. And I was like, what is kaput? Kaput, <laughs> kaput sounds Sorry, good. Jeff, continue. Uh, yeah, but uh, one of the recurring things is when uh, James asked the guest uh, if they would like papadoms or bread. And he yells at them Papa out of nowhere. Papadums are bread. And sometimes it is 
amazing. A lot of American guests, like Jack McBrayer, great episode. He was like, excuse me? <laughs> he probably doesn't even know what Papa Pop- Dom's are. Popper mom? What's that? And I think it's just, some people are just like ignore it. And I'm like, how do you ignore a crazy man screaming <laughs> Papa Dom's or bread in your face? It's very fun. My wife yeah. now. Um, that's why last week when we I, we were here, um, I've talked about off menu and she was like, Papa Dom's are bread. And you guys are like, what? Huh. What are you talking about? And I was like, you'll know. And you're like, what? Um, very funny. This is sort of a good moment to segue. I was going to talk about this in like overall thoughts, but uh, I watch a lot of British stuff and I listen to a lot of British stuff. And these might be the most They're British very British. Ever. There's especially <laughs> when they have British guests, which two of these yeah. three happen to be American. Um, but yeah, there's some stuff that even I'm like, oh, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're very British. We'll, we'll get to that more. Yeah. But, uh, so, I also have no idea which is which. Like, uh, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the same person. Really? Because yeah. I think James has a much more distinct voice. I they more do, but do. I don't know personality. Exactly. Yeah. And I can't oh, connect you will. the name to which voice it is. Yeah. Once you listen more, you definitely will, because mm. James is like the goofy guy. And yeah. I, th- I kind of caught that. But. I think in the Paul F. Tompkins one, um, the episode starts with Ed being the goofy guy, and it like threw James for a loop. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Um, so the next episode was well, we're oh. not done with the menu yet. Oh, I thought we were. Well, we can blast through the last two. Uh, his drink would be cold coffee, uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it's sort of more nostalgia. He talks about going to this hotel and having it in Pakistan and how it was like mm-hmm. a revelation. Mm. Uh, and then his dessert is this matcha green tea French toast from some local LA place that they seemed very familiar yeah, with. I tried matcha so many times at uh, trade shows, and I just. I don't like. I it. don't mind it, but I don't love it either. Yeah, it's Jim, just, I've never had you it. You never drank matcha. No, yeah. it's whatever. It's very on trend right now. Oh yeah. I, I thought this was the least successful part of the episode to me because it was like super insider. They're like, oh, and you got to have it with this ice cream melting on it, and oh, we went for. A That's special, what I love about this because, like, even like I mentioned earlier, the Terry Hatcher episode. She's a foodie that's like traveled all over the world just to go to certain restaurants, and she like gets super, super duper specific in her menu. She's like, mm. okay, well, so I, I like want that. this from this too. one restaurant because they do it this specific way i, I really yeah, like that. i do as well but it was a little bit hindering because the hosts were also super familiar with it so they were okay. like it was just like three it was like you ever um hang out with a group of friends but you're sort of the friend of the friend right and yeah. they're talking about stuff and you're just like standing there with a smile yeah. on your face watching well, you them talk it's not like the second episode at all huh i did not like it oh okay i'm assuming you're referring to the nish kumar episode yeah yeah because they are have all been roommates at some point so i feel like i'm talking a lot jim what did you think about the nish kumar episode Uh, i thought it was the weakest out of the three as well um like dan was saying alex i would have picked another one (laughs) this is all the little guy's choice (laughs) like dan was saying it is very insular like it, it a lot of it seemed like it would be really funny if you were one of the three people um and we're british there were some really funny stories about like uh james going through a breakup and like crashing on his couch and yeah those were highlights but they were embedded in an hour of boring stories (laughs) wow really what about okay so let's go through and i also uh, thought that the um all right like you know you guys know that i'm someone who likes podcasts that adhere to format like Mm -hmm. that was a big part of designing this podcast and to me, this one felt like a rambly one, and it felt like the the format was uh, was a hindrance. It felt like they yeah. didn't well, want to do it; they in, just wanted in to bullshit. Their defense: This was their fourth episode. Yeah, yeah. So, I agree. With so that. they're still figuring it out, and they do they do stick to the. It is a very loose format. <laughs> yeah. The format is go through the menu conversationally, which yeah. I think they did. Yeah, too conversationally. Okay, I'm going to well, give you some context. Okay, I didn't start writing notes until after the 
after I listened to these episodes, I realized that's well, a listen, terrible way to make listen. notes for this. <laughs> Afterwards, I thought to myself, you know what? I bet you Jeff and Jimmy aren't going to write down the menu items, which I was correct about. <laughs> You're right. So I went through and started writing them down. And I would say for um, the Kumail and the Paul F. Tompkins episodes, I remembered like three quarters of their menu items. Yeah. You know, basics. I didn't remember Same. the names of restaurants and stuff. But uh, I literally only remembered like one thing from well, it was, this one was also Christmas themed, too. So they were also working within the limitations of that. Yeah, I uh, just thought it was a uh, it's fine. I mean, it's we try hard when we have our friends on like we recently did an episode um, that with, hasn't aired yet. Correct. With, with a friend of ours. And we were, you know, it's it's awesome to have fun stories together. Yeah. But we still want it to be enjoyable for the listener and not feel like an outsider. And that's what I feel okay, like. Okay, but failed other at. than that. Yeah. Like. As an episode itself. Yeah. He, he's of Indian descent. So he travels back and forth to India. And I like a lot of Indian food. So they did bring up a lot of stuff like how um, they mentioned like the hometown Indian places are your favorite. We just mentioned yeah. Shahi Zaika. That's not the greatest Indian place ever, yeah. but it's my favorite. I absolutely love it. And um, they mentioned like that little place that was just like in a house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. That was cool. So, so he chose Stillwater and Papa Dom's as well. Right. Um, his appetizer, I think, is this is what you're referencing. He chose lamb, lamb kebabs that came from a she shack. Kebabs. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because uh, I'm sure they're probably good. Mm. <laughs> we um, just yeah. talked about it. Yeah. Uh, and then what I liked, m- the thing that I was most sold on in his menu was uh, Christmas Goose. Because I don't know if you got, have you either no. been lucky enough to have Christmas Goose? I haven't. Not at Christmas. I've had Goose before. I don't okay. remember where. I've had Duck, but I haven't had Goose. So years ago, I was a small child. And this goes to show you how weird I am. But this brought up a lot of memories because <laughs> I went out to like a Christmas Eve dinner with uh, my parents, my sister, and my dad's family. So my grandparents and my two uncles. Mm-hmm. And we went to a restaurant that was very fancy that is not no longer in business. And uh, one of their specials was a Christmas goose feast for the table. Wow. Mm. So obviously, like my sister, my mom, we're not going to be down with that. They're not really adventurous eaters. So they got like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> but the rest of us got all like a six course Christmas goose dinner. And it was like <laughs> the truest expression of like Christmas food that mm. I can think of, which my family, like personally, my immediate family doesn't have a lot of like Christmas food traditions like mm. a lot do. We do like seafood Christmas Eve, but we don't do like the typical like we always have turkey every Christmas. Right, yeah. We do. We change it up and stuff like that. So to have like goose and have like some cultural touch points was like so delicious. And I really liked this part of the episode when he talked about the way you have to render the fat out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, yeah. and it was also nice to you saying like, oh, I went over to my friend's house and like he was right. He, he was like saying like, oh, you might not like it, but like you're going to like it. Yeah. They also like there's some guests that are cooks. So they get really like it's not really funny. It, it's a good conversation, but they get into stuff like that. Like yeah. the minutia of cooking specific things, the seasoning of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there and, and yeah, that's I thought the the. That was good, but then the lamest part was um he I didn't even remember him talking about his side dish. Apparently it's like some glazed potatoes, but yeah, that's missable. Uh, his drink was Malbec, which I don't even know what that is. It's an alcohol. I've yeah, heard of it. I've, I know that. I thought it was like a brand of beer or something, but maybe not. I don't know. 
And then his dessert was a very delicious sounding peach cobbler, which was funny because it's no longer on the menu at the restaurant where he got it. <laughs> yep. And they were like petitioning to bring yep. back Nish's peach cobbler. And they've brought up raisins before not liking them in certain things. Yeah, like the I raisins that and was, the chutney. That was one of the my favorite like reoccurring gags was like talking about like, yeah, raisins are good just like in the little red box. That <laughs> hurt me, though, because I do like raisins oh, yeah, and savory no, food. Yeah, I don't. Well, Jimmy, come on, Jim. And another recurring. Have you ever had a delicious lamb tagine with raisins in it? Sure haven't. (laughs) Let's do it. Another recurring bit is um, cheese boards for dessert. Somebody early yeah. on picked cheese boards and James lost his shit. He's like, that's not a dessert. I mean, I agree with him. Yeah, no, me too. But it's very funny. because Traditionally, it wouldn't have been a course. If you went to like a very fancy Victorian dinner, there would have been a cheese course. Which yeah, would have been right. separate. But yeah, it is like very uh, common now to see a cheese option on a dessert. Menu. And then the third episode, I had you guys choose between Paul F. Tompkins and Susie Essman. You picked Paul F. Tompkins. Uh, if you're talking to it, I implore you to listen to Susie Essman's. Probably one of the funniest episodes um of this show wow wow jim what'd you think of this one i I liked it best out of all three of them i thought it was really funny i think just because i really like paul f paul f tompkins yeah i thought he was definitely like like we said in the first half he's a really great improviser so like he was definitely he was yes anding a lot which i I mean it was very they recorded at airwolf studios in la so he was on his home turf yeah so this episode i agree with you um i think comedy wise it was probably the best yeah um he gets real silly they go off on a lot of fun tangents it's also nice to like having someone on the show who doesn't like know them yeah. It, it definitely seemed right. like Kumail knew him. Nish obviously knew him. Um, it was just nice having someone on the show that didn't know the format and like I would sort say, of going along. I would say it's probably more than half that don't know them. And yeah. even if you look at the list of people, I don't know 80% of who these people are. And yeah. some of those episodes are amazing. Like yeah. I go into it not knowing who they are. I'll like have to Google them. I guess the only reason why I like the Kumail episode a little bit better than this one is I, I thought the balance between the actual menu mm. stuff and the just joking around was a little bit better. See, I thought you would have liked this one better because he's very like stuck to format. Like they go like they did, step yeah. by step. Like this is going to be my food. This is going to be my drink. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just thought there was a little bit too much preamble mm. for me. I could have trimmed out like 20 minutes of fat from the beginning of this episode. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah, so did I. Um, so for his menu, um, he goes with still water and bread he doesn't like seltzer or olives i don't like olives either yeah um (laughs) i thought i tend to agree with paul Tompkins' choices on a lot of these uh i thought the funniest tangent of the whole episode was when he was talking about hand-torn bread (laughs) how his mother taught him that he had to tear fresh bread (laughs) yeah and um yeah i think his uh his criticism of uh of sparkling water is apropos he's like (laughs) um i don't want water to have flavor (laughs) yeah and stuff like that um his appetizer cream of celery soup that's a really interesting one because it It was a funny story yeah yeah. his childhood so it's a sort of a mixture of um what what we call like memory like nostalgic nostalgia but also like it just being a delicious soup from a restaurant yeah um his entree choice I found interesting because it wasn't an actual like specific entree that he could recall. He sort of just made an amalgam. He's like, I know I want a pasta. Right. And then he sort of just broke it down. Like he's like, I know I want short noodles, not long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's from either Philly or New Jersey. Yeah. Originally Philly. And he called the wide noodles sidewalks, which is kind of like, yeah, I had never heard. It's that like before. New Jersey tri-state Italian American slangs. And like, 
that's me a lot. Like, Have you heard that before? I've heard it. And also it reminded me when I was a kid growing up until I was maybe 13 or 14, I didn't know that crushed red pepper was called crushed red pepper. I just called them razor blades. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Yeah. I thought you were going to say pepperoncino. No, just crushed red pepper that you get at a pizza place. Yeah. You just put on your pizza. I've only known them as razor blades for like the first 13 years mm, of my weird. life. Weird. Weird. It's just like an Italian American hmm. tri-state Connecticut, New York, New Jersey thing. So he went with a, a rigatoni arbiata which is like a meat sauce, spicy meat sauce over mm-hmm. rigatoni, which again, I think that was kind of a cool way to look at it. He's like, I, w- I want like my consummate pasta dish. Yeah. And then in his discussion about like, um, how much cheese do you want on it? I want the amount where <laughs> yeah. like when the waiter gives you that look, like this is enough, just like one second more. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was good. And then yeah. they busted into both singing their meatball songs at the same time, <laughs> Yeah, which was, was uh, odd. It was so funny. <laughs> And then uh, Ed was talking about uh, meatballs <laughs> laying their head down. <laughs> they get yeah. go back to that. Like, well, Ed thought that meatballs have heads. Yeah. They're really good with callbacks yeah. throughout the episode. Yeah. Um, His side dish was roasted Brussels sprouts. Yeah, those are good. I wish he had been a little bit more specific with that. Um, He basically just said, like, roasted Brussels sprouts got him in, into eating vegetables, which yeah, I, think I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. I thought the whole story was funny because I am that person. I was going to say, yeah. I, I sort of equated that with like thoughts of Jimmy. Like, yeah. do you eat roasted Brussels sprouts? Nope. You should try. Oh, yeah, dude, maybe, good. Try them, yeah. maybe it'll change your with world. Some bacon and reduced balsamic. Dude, the yeah. craziest ones I've ever had. I forget where it even was, but it had a fish sauce caramel where they like reduce that the fish sauce so down good. until it's like thick and syrupy. Cool. Oh you know what fish sauce is, Jim? Yes. Okay. Uh, his drink was beer, just a cold beer, which was interesting. <laughs> yeah. An Amstel, which I'm not a beer drinker. We don't drink alcohol, Jeff and I, but I, as soon as he said that, I'm like, I don't know that I've ever seen or heard of Amstel in the United States, only Amstel Light. Yeah, it's the only yeah. branding I've ever yeah. heard of. Which is weird, because imagine like living in a country where there's only Diet Coke, not yeah. Coke. And another recurring joke on this, I don't know if it was in any of these episodes, was James' Diet Coke story. They referenced that, but I didn't know what he was talking about. So he he tells a story where he only used to drink Coke, and then he stopped drinking any soda for a long time. And then when he came back, he drank a Diet Coke, and the Diet Coke tastes like regular Coke. That's the whole story. But every time he tells it, he gets, like, more into it, and it's Hmm. become, like, this thing of legend. And, like, one time they had the guests tell it because they heard the podcast, and it's just one of those recurring things that, like, the more you listen to, the funnier it gets. Yeah. I did think his whole tangent about IPAs was really funny, though. Obviously, you guys yeah. aren't beer drinkers, but, like, he was just like, yeah, not everything has to be like this. They can taste good, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really funny because IPAs, 99% of the time, are bad. Right. Like, I, I don't drink, but I have a lot of friends who are big beer drinkers, and, like, there are very clearly, like, waves of popularity of certain beers. Yeah. Like, Jim, you're too young to to know this, but um, I would say like 15 years ago, 10 to 15 years ago, all my friends drank dark beer, like mm. ales, stouts, yeah. Guinness, shit like that, stuff that looked like mud milkshakes. <laughs> yeah. And then like five years ago, they all drank IPAs, like yeah. all these yeah. like sour beers and stuff like I that. I like sour beers. I like Gozes. Those are my favorite, but... um. And now, uh, now for like a weird reason, maybe it's just because we're older, but I feel like now they all want to drink like 
trash beer that they would have made fun of when they were younger oh like uh pbr, PBR stuff like yeah. that which is just funny like i'll yeah. see my friend seth drink like a bud light which he never would have yeah, done before. no I, I don't drink uh bud light but i'm usually like a i like yingling that's usually my favorite yeah just that's how that's lager. when you go from yeah i love beer to i need alcohol yeah yeah <laughs> no but i think it's also just sort of about like dropping some of the pretentiousness right. yeah. of being all right a craft what, what's drinker? next yeah. on the list i'm bored with all this beer talk yeah so <laughs> the last category was was to me we said I said I was going to come back to the fact of how British these two guys are. Right. <laughs> they clearly had no cultural touchstone for cheesecake. I'm not saying. They oh, didn't I know. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that they didn't know what cheesecake with was like like um, they knew. Well, like, they called it New York style. Well, they they knew in their heads what a cheesecake was like ingredients wise, but it's clear they haven't like eaten a large amount of cheesecake. Like right. they didn't didn't know the differing varieties. I love cheesecake. We're cheesecake boys. I yeah. Assume. And uh, it's funny because like what Paul F. Tompkins was describing was like a very dense, rich cheesecake, which is like what my mother makes. Mm-hmm. And which to- vanilla is used in that flavoring. So yeah, also but on to Paul have F. Tompkins him say like, fault, like it's not like described as vanilla. It's just cheesecake. But vanilla is Paul Tompkins is right, though. They called yeah. it like what? flavor vanilla and he's like cheesecake flavor cheesecake flavor new york cheesecake yeah Yeah. Uh, also like they had no touchstone like they were trying to describe a very creamy cheesecake which is not what he's describing no but there are different types of cheesecake. right if you go to the cheesecake factory that's what they were describing which is like a whipped um no bake creamy cheesecake no there's some dense ones at cheesecake factory yeah but not their standard one okay the kind that paul f Tompkins is describing is like what my mom makes which is like almost like crumbly like so thick mm-hmm. you can cut it with the side of your fork and it holds its shape hot take hate cheesecake all cheesecake all cheesecake get, get out, out of here Sorry, jimmy <laughs> um yeah so this episode was definitely the most tangential maybe of all of them but like the laundry rant was hilarious and then that yeah. that led to him wearing a shirt with a sandwich that he bought at reading terminal we've eaten this sandwich i've had that same exact <laughs> as as soon as he said it i was like roast pork with broccoli rob and sharp provolone yeah i've had that sandwich we went there to get that sandwich <laughs> and it was it's amazing i like roast pork sandwiches in philly mm-hmm. more than a cheesecake hot take that's a hot take yeah hot take they're known for it but Bring it on, baby. Hot take. I'll go to Tony Luke's and get a pork sandwich over a cheesesteak any day. Got to get them both and share with a friend. That's also what I do. Oh, man. I miss Philadelphia. And I eat them both. Lindsay's like, I want to go to Philly. And I was like, all right, yeah, we'll go get cheesecakes. He's like, what else is there to do? I was like, cheesecakes. Cheesesteaks, you mean? Cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks. Not cheesecakes. Cheesesteaks. This is what happened to me after I lost a bunch of weight and like started. You have no interest, right? You don't know what to do? When people are like, oh, we should go to Boston. What should we do? I'm like, the only things I know to do are Our eat. Food. Exactly. Yeah. When yep. when my wife and I went, she's like, what is there to do there? I was like, there's Quincy Market. There's uh, oysters. Yeah. There's seafood, <laughs> which she doesn't eat seafood. I'm like, there's... Uh, yeah, you just eat your way around the know. city. Like, we went to a park and they had a festival. And I was like, ooh, bon me trucks. And she's like... <laughs> I can tell you the hotel in Boston that created the Boston cream pie. What is it? I don't remember the name, but I have it saved... <laughs> I have it saved on a Yelp map. But yeah, like we we were in Philly for Comic-Con. It's like, all right, everything else we're doing is just food because we had Comic-Con. Franklin Creamery, Franklin Fountain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Franklin Fountain. Yeah, that's real good. Oh, my God. Franklin Fountain. Let's go. All right. So I have a question, which we don't do this often because Jeff is proposing the episode. But Jimmy. Yeah. I want to know if you found this as enjoyable, more or less enjoyable, not being a quote unquote foodie. Um, do you think that you liked it more or less or about the same as Jeff and I would? 
I liked it less than I think you guys mm. would because I'm not a foodie. Because when think, they were ranting and raving about specific cobblers, you were right. like, okay, whatever. It's when cobbler. they do that, I'm yeah. like, I want to make a pop cobbler again. <laughs> Obviously, I'm like, I wonder what the texture of the crust yeah. was. Yeah, I, I think it's funny to listen to people like celebrities talking about food and stuff like that, because obviously food culture is a big thing. It's definitely gotten a lot bigger, um, but I'm not super into it. Like, I, I just I think it's funny and I like the guests that they have on there. But like, typically, this isn't the thing that I would be like seeking out to listen to. Mm. Well, before uh, we go on and ask you the question, right. we're changing things up a little bit. I asked both of you to prepare your own dream menu which jimmy did not i would hope that you did i did i did as well yeah i'm prepared jimmy are you just making this up on the spot or yeah, what are make, we doing? i think i i think i got it so right. so jeff why don't you start it off and then i'll, I'll go that'll give jimmy a little real quick let's go course by course though round yeah round. yeah yeah so real quick still or sparkling i pick sparkling oh it's got to be still for me mm. jimmy's a LaCroix boy i would say he's going sparkling yeah, I would he s- likes flavored sparkling. Yeah. I do. I do like flavored sparkling. Well, yeah, but you can yeah. do whatever you want. No, so you can't. If this is that falls into the drink category. No, it doesn't. I would say still. In a real world restaurant, I will never order sparkling because I'm too cheap to pay. Same. But if I'm going to have, uh, if I have the choice and it's not going to affect like how full I get, then yeah, I'm going sparkling, baby. Just plain sparkling. Even if it's plain, I'll do plain because I like the. Well, you can't. I like the texture. You can't get a flavor because you're never going to go to a restaurant. Could I get says, lo- Could I get a lemon? Yeah, I guess. Then yes, I'm picking sparkling. Okay. All right. I don't want to do I a seventy like minute that. episode on this. No, but I mean, we got to be set in our opinion. Papa Dom's of bread, Dan. Papa Dom's of bread. Papa Dom's of bread. <laughs> okay, this one I am going to say something specific because I heard examples. Yeah, of no, you can specific. get specific. So I'm going with bread. Yes. And I'm choosing a freshly baked, still hot popover. Okay. Which if you guys aren't familiar with, this is a baked good that my grandmother and my mom made. And you do see it at restaurants. It's similar to a Yorkshire pudding. It's basically. Which is super British. Oversized exploded muffin that's made very eggy with a lot of leavening in it. So um, imagine like super eggy croissant but not as flaky more soft and the inside has these big air pockets that you can poke a hole in it put a little pat of butter shake Ooh. it up oh yeah. melts in your mouth it's like Sounds a good. panty purry jim um i'm gonna go with bread too and this is gonna sound really commercial of me but uh the texas roadhouse rolls i think those are like those are good yeah. so i'm yeah. also, with the butter with the butter yeah i'm also picking bread i don't have a specific one but it's more versatile there's is, more yeah. options even if i'm getting Denser. indian food I'm going to get a naan. I'm going to get a paratha. Yeah. I still Plus, like papadoms. Maybe fine. this is racist for me, but I feel like papadoms are more about what you dip them into. Whereas I don't see it's racist. It's just. No, I but mean, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe like certain Indian people are like all like Kumail well, Nanjani had huge opi- opinions on the type of papadoms where I feel like most of the papadoms I've had have been just like. Well, no, it's same. like when you go to a restaurant an Italian restaurant might serve oil instead of butter. You yeah. Know? Mm. So it's it's the same thing like that. Uh, starter, Dan, what are my starter? Yeah. All right. So my starter, I'm going crudo, nothing specific, just fresh seafood, a raw oyster ceviche, just something really well, light and get fresh. a little specific, like design your dream plate. Like what, what do you have? Well, see, Cause I can't decide between oysters and ceviche. So that's why I just went with crudo. Just raw. You have any like seafood. toppings that, that go on it specifically? Like well, crudo, if, if crudo traditionally doing, will have like an olive oil. If I'm doing uh, perhaps a oyster, lemon. you mean? You tell me. If I'm doing an oyster, I want like a, a house made remoulade. Remoulade? Remoulade. 
Where have you gotten Remelot on an oyster? Isn't Are you that... thinking of Mignonette? Mignonette. Wait, what's Remelot? What's Remelot? <laughs> Remelot is like a mayonnaise-based sauce. No, not that. That's not the one I want. You want Mignonette, Mignonette. with like vinegar and yeah, shallot? Because I've I've made shallots and like red wine vinegar and some like diced up. Yeah, jalapenos. that's Mignonette. I don't speak French, so I don't know the word. Yeah, Dan, what about your starter? Well, Jeff, it's ironic that you say that <laughs> because I am having a selection of fresh raw oysters on the half shell. Okay, oh, from Grand Central from the oyster, oyster bar, bar yeah. in mm. grand central terminal with their house made mignonette which is a red wine vinegar based mignonette and i think the last time dan and i went to oyster uh the oyster house together um jimmy imagine like an old school 50s diner so they have this wraparound like bar mm-hmm. that you sit at and we were sitting across from who i believe to be a tourist family from uh, an asian country and in front of us there was some bread with like slabs of butter mm-hmm. and i just noticed the the dad just like kind of looking at it quizzotically and uh not really knowing what to do he picked up like the butter with his fingers and then just put the entire thing in his mouth started chewing it and his face was like he grimaced he's like what is this and i thought it was so funny because like china doesn't use dairy a lot i I don't want to dwell on it too much but i do want to say why i was so specific with this one it's a combination of uh i think they have a great selection of raw oysters i think raw oysters are a perfect way to open a meal they are they excite your palate they're fresh uh, they're refreshing, but they're also not super filling. You can you can go on to the rest of your meal. And also, uh, the Grand Central Oyster Bar in Grand Central Terminal mm-hmm. is like such a great memory for me of like taking a train into the city. A lot mm-hmm. of times, the first thing I'll do is roll in there and get a few raw oysters, start the trip. It's just like it's also a classic New York dish. Like exactly historically, that was just street food. Like there are stories of just I mean, New York still smells, but the yeah. streets smelling so terrible because people mm-hmm. just get oysters, throw the shells on the street before they were paved. Yeah. Jimmy, starter. Um, this is gonna be a traditional one. Just um when you go into a restaurant, it's usually a super salad. I'm gonna go soup. Traditional. Okay, what kind of soup? Chicken noodle. Wow, that's what really the hell is going on here. I Sorry, like it. Dude. I like that's a chicken noodle soup. Do you have really a specific restaurant or any specific ingredients I thought, you want well, your soup? Once he said the Texas Roadhouse thing, I was he's like, going full he's going to say like fried pickles. Yeah, just like everything is just down that the Texas Roadhouse. Really awesome blossom. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I just I I dig a chicken noodle soup. I think it's the best soup. What do you want in it? What kind of noodles? Um, like big egg noodles. I like those. Mm, like those are pretty like good. Bow ties or yeah. sidewalks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, just some chicken, uh, celery. It's good. Main course. Now, this is something I've thought about since before I even knew this podcast existed. And it's going to sound similar to one of the guests, but it's something that I've had and can never have again. A huge pile of my grandmother's meatballs. Mm. That's just good. a stack of them, like 20 of them. No pasta. <laughs> meatballs and sauce. Meatballs, her sauce. That's it. And I even heard tales of her father's who passed before me uh before before i was born he did pass before me technically but before i was born Mm -hmm. of making a meatball the size of your fist and just keeping that consistency and it was so good so even her meatballs to like the rest of my family like weren't as good as his but like her meatballs oh my mom and aunt great meatballs they make them good nothing like uh yeah. Like my grandma roses. Anything like weird or different about them? Nothing at all. Just, just home- quintessential meatball. Yep, just, yeah. you know, I could picture her soaking the bread in her in the sink and wringing it out. All it's beef weird. or was it a beef field just pork? Just beef. Nope. Wow. Like, I don't, that's just what she did. And I think it, she's from Italy. She came here when she was 12, but like, I think she just adapted to, it's easier to get right. this at the American store. ingredients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she just used that. And you know, not always fresh parsley. Sometimes she's using like dried stuff so it's not even that the ingredients were like super fresh it's probably that she had the right texture down making sauce mm-hmm. all day it's just 
brewing, you're going in there and dipping bread in the sauce all day, just waiting to get your hand on the meatballs. Oh man, just waiting to get your hands on those balls. I love, I love those meatballs, Jim. You oh wait, is it my turn? It's you, it's you, Dan. I could go, but it doesn't uh, matter. So, so this is a uh, one that's sort of nostalgic, but it's not a family nostalgia. It's a friendship nostalgia. And it's also just like one of the most delicious thing. I'm. Oh, uh, I think I know what you're gonna say. If you know me, you know that I love like long, slow cooked, like braised, meaty, like unctuous mm-hmm. things. So to me, the ultimate expression of that is the braised goat neck with sour cherry Ooh-wee. glaze from Ducks Eatery in uh, this is like the village, right? Yeah, in New York City, a, yeah. Greenwich Village. So Jeff that, and I that's discovered your favorite. This that's your go-to. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Actually, I have that as, <laughs> as a fun fact I, for so, one of our next. So episodes. initially, like I had a different, um, a different entree. I, I actually like the runner up was going to be uh, a lobster stuffed lobster from this place called Dexter's mm, that's no longer okay. in business in Gloucester, Maine. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I already have some oysters and some seafood. I want to show the like my love the of diversity. like meat. Yeah, meat, unctuous roasted meat, and like, yeah, Jeff will tell you it's a meal that serves too. They traditionally we, serve it with like a coconut. We each could have ate it by yeah. ourself. It's a mm. whole goat neck. Like yeah. it looks like a neck. Like yeah. the top would have been where the head was, and the bottom was where the body was. And it's just it's fall apart. Oh my god! Cooked. You don't even need like utensils. You just pick it off. It's got this sweet and sour cherry glaze. It's over such it. a strong memory to me too, because I remember getting mussels there, and you're not you didn't like mussels, cooked mussels. No, no, I do, but these were smoked and they were cold That's smoked, right. which yeah. was a little weird. So mm-hmm. we got that as a starter, and we're sitting at it's tiny little place. Like you're pretty much back to back with people, which in COVID world is unthinkable. But there was a brick wall, and they were like. um projecting nosferatu yep. on there it was just like this very specific <laughs> memory. That's and cool. i and, and i've walked by this place too like when uh since then when i've been in new york oh and it's I'm right like, on saint mark's yeah i'm like i really want to i just want to like walk in and get a goat neck but i'm always if i'm in new york it's for a reason yeah. So like well the thing about it is it has like all those aspects that you love out of like a good pot roast mm-hmm. but it also has like a little bit of weirdness that like adventurous eaters like like there's a lot of like cartilage and tender and, like, is, yeah. just fatty bits that would like turn some people off but for me i just love that yeah you know, sometimes you even eat bones like yeah. th- this dude eats, i do eat bones Jim, <laughs> this guy eats chicken bones no, stingray bones yeah you can eat that like yeah. i didn't really i didn't really want to eat a stingray bone oh i f- with stingray bones yeah sorry jim sorry. well yeah no this dude he's he's a boner he loves bones <laughs> and cartilage and all that weird stuff jimmy what's your entree all right so um grilled cheese sandwiches yeah <laughs> Um, this one, I think I might have to stay the side with it too, because it sort of goes together. Oh, I had to it. Um, this one is, uh, probably just because it's around my favorite time of the year. I'm going to do turkey with mashed potatoes and gravy. Okay. Thanksgiving, yeah, Thanksgiving American. dinner. It is by far my favorite holiday. So, so turkey's great. And it's so weird. Like e- a, either... cook, a very well done cooked turkey. Well, not well done, but well a, made, well made turkey. Yeah. I is, think I've only, my cousin Tara one Thanksgiving mm-hmm. made this turkey that was so juicy. I was like, I've never had a turkey this good before. <laughs> Turkey's yeah. good, but I've never if had it cooked, right. cooked to perfection like right. this. Yeah. Um, What's your memory of your best turkey? Whoa. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if I have like a specific, like our family usually makes like a pretty decent turkey, but like the mashed potatoes and gravy have to be my mom's. Yeah. Um, they're by far my favorite. Her gravy, I think, is great. But like mashed potatoes and gravy, absolute since I was a kid, was like my favorite side dish. So is it just the food or is it everything else too? 
I mean, like, yeah, I would typically want like those things. But like if there's limitations, it would just be the right. turkey and mashed potatoes. But like, yeah, traditional Thanksgiving. Yeah, so you I want have, like I the quintessential crispy skin, juicy, yes. dark meat or white meat um, or a selection of both. Yeah, I usually do a selection of both. I like both of them on Thanksgiving. So you're looking for that all American turkey mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah, that's 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 what I f- with. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> all right. Sides. You already know mine. We mentioned it before several times in this episode. Shahi Zaika, which is a local uh, Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi eatery in Waterbury, Connecticut. My favorite side ever is on their menu. It's just called chicken leg. It's a tandoori. <laughs> well, weed is it a side, but tico leg. It might be an entree for some people. No, it's it's literally just a leg of chicken mm-hmm. that they cook in the tandoor. Yeah, it's and awesome. it is so juicy. I don't and think I've had that perfect. From there. And like when I get. I don't want to just get this as like a meal because like you can get chicken tikka, not chicken tikka masala, just chicken tikka. Mm-hmm. And it's good. But when I go there, I want something stewy, like a chicken jalfrezi, a beef yeah. nahari, something I could dip my gravy. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you at, when we were first learning about this style of food, the owner and cook there, Rana. Yeah. I'm like, OK, what's this thing I've never heard of? It's like a chicken with the spice. Everything is like a chicken with the spice. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but this leg, I get it with everything. Sometimes if I'm just if I'm like in a hurry, I will just go in there and get a sheet kebab and a chicken leg. Yeah. And just be ecstatic because it is so good. Mm-hmm. And I would eat it with other non-Indian moods. I've I've bought like three at a time, brought some home and just had them as a side when I'm cooking like a steak, I'm like steak and a chicken leg. So, Jeff, now we're getting into interesting territory because your entree and your side are very, very strange. Yeah. <laughs> Meatballs and chicken legs. Just you don't have to eat carnivore. it together. This is just the best specific meals. Yeah. I got you. Right. So, Jimmy said his was mashed potatoes and yeah. gravy. Yeah. Um, my side dish is something that I feel would go good with my entree, the braised goat neck, but also stands alone. Uh, it's part nostalgia and part actual deliciousness. It's my grandmother's cauliflower cheese puff. Yeah. Oh, what's that? I remember that. that. Oh, Jeff. I like cauliflower. This is a dish that is a lot of work, and we typically only do it at Thanksgiving in her honor. None of us can make it as good as she did. Never will. It is basically a cheese souffle with roasted cauliflower suspended throughout it. Wow. So Mm. imagine that puffy, super sharp, cheesy, cheddar cheesy puffed up souffle and then running throughout it are little bits of that sounds like something that was probably in like every magazine in 1952 in northern new england so my grandmother was a cook and a chef and uh, a lot of families do like the typical things for thanksgiving like yams and you know green beans Mm -hmm. stuff like that and we had like mashed potatoes and gravy and all this stuff but she would have a few dishes that were like fancier like i don't think a lot of families had like cauliflower cheese souffle no, I've never heard table. of it. No. But uh, yeah, I've never so even good. had homemade souffle. Oof. It is like just airy and light, but super cheesy. It's so good. Cauliflower gives it a nice texture. Yeah, That's I'm really going great. with that. So desserts, I'm going with specific, Jim. You brought up ice cream before. Mm-hmm. My favorite dessert ever, Spumoni Tartufo. Oh, I had a feeling you're going to go with Spumoni. Really? Did you know the Tartufo twist? No. So, Jim, are you familiar no, with no either, of what either of this? Is. What a Ginzo you are. Yeah, this goes back to my uh, Italian-American tri-state area heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spumoni is, it's like Neapolitan ice cream. Neapolitan. Ex- Neapolitan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's from Napoleon. Uh, it's chocolate, pistachio, and cherry ice cream. Just like three lines of them. It's amazing. I love it. Those flavors just go together. Like if I had to pick one specific ice cream flavor, I'd pick pistachio. Mm. But those three together, because you don't often see cherry ice cream with like 
you know, maraschino yeah, cherries no, in no. it. And tartufo is an Italian dessert, which is an ice cream ball with a cherry in the middle. And it's coated mm. in chocolate. And there's usually nuts either on the outside or in between the chocolate and the ice cream layer. Like it sounds really good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So my dad used to work in like a bunch of restaurants and he would get spumoni and tartufo like separately. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he he was a regular at this Italian restaurant in West Haven, Connecticut, Biagetti's, which is like one of the most well-known high-end Italian places in that area. And um, he got their uh, distributor. He had them order a, like 30 tartufo balls for Thanksgiving dinner. And they're like expensive. So uh, he would get it every year. And one year when I was an adult, I was like, I want to get these too. Like, I'll do this. You bring something else. And it was like $200. I was like, oh my God, dude. I didn't know you were going to drop 200 on ice cream. But there's one, and usually they just have chocolate, vanilla, or like a mixture of both. But one year they had spumoni. Oh my God. <laughs> I kept 10 of them from my family and just brought like the rest. I remember wandering through an Italian festival in Little Italy in yes. New York with Jeff trying to find this cuz there was all these like little mm. streets. We fa- I found plenty stalls. of spumoni gelato. I yeah. I got like two or three squeeze cups of that. Could not find tartufo. I was like Jeff, let it go. Just eat a cannoli. <laughs> and we did. We got we got cannoli too, but it's just like it's just such a specific dessert and it's so rare that I could find it. Yeah. Even tartufo is difficult. You should learn to how to find. make it. Yeah, maybe. Probably maybe just buy the Spumoni well, ice cream. Even Spumoni is not that common. No, no. Um, so and they're not that good unless you get it from like a real... Mm. real yeah, that cherry ice cream could be like cough medicine. Yeah, sweet. exactly. <laughs> All right, Dan. So mine is also sort of nostalgic, but I will I will go to bat that this is like a restaurant quality dessert that people would pay good money for. Jimmy, you know this. You love this. Jeff, Jeff I believe Jeff. You've, you've had this as well and you could represent... Uh, again, my grandmother was my food inspiration. Her chocolate cream pie that gets served mm. at Thanksgiving. I think I've had that before. Is uh, I might have had it from a her lot too. of people hear chocolate cream pie and they think, yeah, you know, I can get that at the grocery store. It is nothing like that. Oh dish. no, I've definitely had that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's good. It's a very um, like velvety. Um, because when I first looked at it, I was like, it's pudding in a crust. Yeah. Oh no. And not British pudding. It's I a meant, homemade like, custard pudding. It's a homemade chocolate custard that is thicker than the pudding pies that you see sometimes, but not as dense as like the fudgy chocolate pies that you see sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's like a, right in the middle. It's a very creamy texture. It's just barely able to hold its shape and right. cut a wedge yep. out. Um, uh, my grandmother would make it with the homemade pie, pie crust that was like super flaky and buttery. Buttery, yeah, I remember The chocolate that. is really... Uh, like a deep chocolate, like almost bittersweet. It was a combination of bittersweet and milk. And then homemade whipped cream on top. Yeah. I've made that whipped cream. Yeah. With your, I think it was after uh, she passed. But yeah. Now it, me and my mom make. Yeah. I made it with cream. you and your mom. But I I think I do remember. Which Jance. if you have a stand mixer, homemade whipped cream is not that difficult. It's just like heavy cream, do sugar, fork, powdered though. sugar and uh, um, a little bit of vanilla extract. But yeah, that is like. Oh, man, it's just like sets off every flavor combination that you want from dessert. It's just like creamy, sweet, bitter, mm-hmm. crunchy, smooth, buttery. Like that's a great choice. Yeah. Jim. Dessert. Dan, you're going to be happy about this. Uh-oh. <laughs> so this one is also nostalgic. It is your grandmother's bread pudding. Oh, see, that was like oh, I've, really I've had good. that, too. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. I remember because I never had it before. 
And I remember her making it and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like that. And I was like, oh, this is really it's kind of like yeah. a French toast pile. Yeah, yeah, that's what I really like about. It. I love French toast. He's a French if, toast. If boy. we did like a breakfast episode, I could really <laughs> f with that. So I don't know if you remember it because you probably only had it once. Gantz a few times. Yeah, for um, sadly, she's passed away a while ago now. Um, but what set hers apart from most bread puddings was the sauce. Yeah, she made a very weird 1950s sauce called a hard sauce. Which was like a sweet and sour syrup that had lemon juice and mm, sugar and stuff. I don't stuff. remember that part. And uh, she, this is like how great of a grandmother she was. Like <laughs> most of our family liked hard sauce, but my sister didn't. She liked a custard sauce. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother would make both. Mm, <laughs> and you could double up. I'm sorry. I'm stealing your sauce. No, it's fine. You're, I mean, you can talk about it more than I can, but I did just you, remember having it. And did you it eat was, the raisins in it or did you pick them out? No, no. I had the raisins and mm. I like raisins. Like that's like in a sweet thing. So like it's a little bit better, but yeah, um, yeah no, it was really fucking good. Sorry, Jim. But Crispy on the outside, creamy yeah. in the middle. I, honestly, if I could have that again, I would. Yeah. I want to make it myself. I've never made it. So, uh, you know, you could pretty much recreate the bread pudding. I've never yeah. gotten the hard sauce. Correct. Yeah. Though um drinks drinks all oh, right yeah. this one is a. Uh, this one's off the beaten path oh. i knew jeff was gonna get con- controversial with this it's the worst name because it is a creation of mine and i cannot come up with a oh, name God. for it dan you know this it was created during our last podcast i just call it the jeff yeah because it's so specific to my likes it is so I'm I'm not an alcohol drinker. I'm just going to, if yeah. you haven't heard this podcast before, I don't drink alcohol, but I love beverages. And I'm always like, how come there's not a soda bar that has different kinds of mm-hmm. sodas? And you can make delicious mixed beverages without alcohol. I know people mm-hmm. drink for whatever other reasons, but I want a weird drink that I have to work on mm-hmm. that when I'm done and I take a sip, I'm like, that's it, baby. Yes. And that's the Jeff. So this is two parts ginger ale. A good brand, not like a Walmart mm-hmm. brand. There's, you know, whatever, Schweppes or Canada Dry or a local brand, Fox and Park. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend one. one part orange juice with maximum pulp. Get the pulpiest orange so juice weird. It's you so can acidic. ever get. <laughs> yeah, but orange juice without pulp, don't even bother drinking it. No, I mean, you drink on a whole. I've oh, yeah, no, it it's, it's terrible for you. Um, one lime wedge or lime juice, if you don't have a fresh lime, that's perfectly fine. I prefer a lime. I like to squeeze. I like to just have it floating in there. And this is where it gets real f***y, boys. Sorry, Jim. So I bought a huge bottle, like a food service size bottle of lychee syrup. That lived in my cabinet for like a year. Oh, I remember this. So if you don't want to buy a $20 bottle of lychee syrup, you can also use, I've done this before too. You just get um, lychee in a can, which is, it's like an Asian fruit. It's common in many places. You could even find it in a regular grocery store. And then I'd get an ice cube tray and I put two per tray, pour the syrup and freeze it. And you could use some of those cubes. It's great. So you do two squirts of that or two frozen lychees in syrup and you put it in there because lychee is Mm. one of my favorite fruits. So what you do is you put the syrup in and then you squeeze the lime juice, keep the lime side. Then you pour in the orange juice and then you pour in the ginger ale. So all the pulp gets it's to the a top. ginger ale floater. Basically. Pretty much all of the pulp 
floats to the top and it gets in my mustache <laughs> when I take a sip. Yeah. And then you just squeeze the rest of the lime in there. You could use a straw too. And By the is, way, it does not taste good, this drink. Yeah, it does. It tastes great. I make it, I haven't made it in a little while, but I make it all, there's a variation. Sometimes I use grenadine. It's so acidic. I feel like you need to serve it on a tray with like a pile of Tums. You could also change the level of ginger ale because I do, I love the carbonation, so I don't go too crazy with the oranges. I do try to do a lot more ginger ale. Mm. Um, you could also use like a Sprite or so. I, I've also, I've experimented with different um like tonic versus seltzer versus uh whatever else uh bubbly flavor club soda um but i am settling on ginger ale as the best and it is just i i love it guys jeff yes i'm going with a drink that you're familiar with uh i wish i had more details on it it is no longer offered because it was from a restaurant that had a floating menu and that restaurant we've just found out is not coming back after COVID. It is the beet juice sarsaparilla from Blue Hill Farms. Yeah, Blue Hills. Mm. Well, they're coming back as something different. Yeah. But uh, again, we're hipsters. What can I say? But I do remember that because I got like an apple yeah. beverage, non-alcoholic. So uh, this was a drink. Um, this restaurant, super fine dining restaurant, had like a mocktails menu, which was exactly what Jeff was talking about. Like they put a, enough care into drinks that were non-alcoholic just to like give you interesting flavor combinations. And it was um basically like from what I could glean from it, it was a like a, a sarsaparilla that was made from like traditional like seasonings like i don't know what goes into sarsaparilla but those types of flavors sassafras root yeah but with like a club soda and to use as a a like syrup like for a sweetener and stuff was beet juice like beet juice syrup uh it was really interesting it was served with garnishes of like bark and stuff and it had like all those good like woodsy like root beer birch beer very earthy yeah flavors and yeah it was very good and i'm also a huge beet fan so i like that little loves beets yeah Yeah. i'm a beet boy all right, so mine is also, it's a pretty traditional drink, but um, I'm going to go with alcoholic because you two boys are not alcoholics like I am. <laughs> um, this one is, I'm going to go with a traditional Moscow Mule. Okay. Um, it's definitely one of my go-to drinks whenever I go to a bar or something. It's just a, um, uh, it's just a ginger beer with some vodka, maybe some other stuff in there too, I'm not sure, but <laughs> it's uh, it's good. I really like it. I You're love gonna ginger get it beer. in one of those nice copper mugs. Oh yeah, you gotta. Um, you gotta make sure it's nice and cold and uh, tastes good. And it, it's good because like it, the ginger beer is so like overwhelming that you don't really taste. It's the vodka. very strong. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I like about it, and it gets you effed up. I love Jimmy's meal because it's like it could be like the blue plate special at a diner, like yep. chicken soup and turkey and gravy and yep. stuff. And Jeff's just makes no sense. It's just like meat on meat on meat. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I just pick my favorite courses. I just yeah. try to think if I was going somewhere, what would be the thing I want most for that specific? By the course. way, my runner-up drink was Fox and Park White Birch, which is a local soda. Oh, that's simple yeah. but so great. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So now that we did this fun little exercise, this little thing, which yeah. is like as long as the rest of the episode. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm just gonna ask the question. Okay. Did I talk both of you into? Off menu with Ed Gamble and James A. Caster. No. no. Fuck you guys. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I really love the subject matter, but I didn't enjoy listening to the episodes. I would make wow. this I would make this a super stripped down half an hour episode that was just about what the celebrities wanted on their menu. 
And like that. Then it. why even have celebrities? The point of getting them on there is Paul of Tompkins. You see his personality. Kumail, no, you see his, and you see their different experiences as traveling comedians. I'm I'm mad at this answer. I don't like this. <laughs> they could obviously joke within, like once they get to the subject. But there's so much preamble before that I do not care about. I like um, I like the show. It's a super soft no. There's it's very possible if I find like a comedian or somebody that I really like, I might check out another episode, but I'm not going to be listening to this week to week. That's um, how I feel. I, mm. I might check out like the Susie Essman episode and just fast forward to when they start talking about food. The thing that sucks though, is that like a lot of the best episodes are names you've never heard. So you mm. going by that, you won't even listen to them because you don't know who these people are. I don't know who they are. Yeah. I don't care. And they turn up. Oh, well, <laughs> you're listening to it from like an entertainment, like a comedy podcast. It is. And I didn't find it like that funny to me. I would rather listen to it as like a slightly humorous food podcast. Yeah. Oh, well, I think the subject matter just isn't appealing to me. Like you guys are foodies. So like it, it just wasn't it just kind of fell flat for me. Um, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it's a good podcast. I think what they're doing is good. It just isn't for me. It's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> He's so sad. sad what are we talking about next sad. week? <laughs> just breathing. Next week, I guess I got to team up with this loser over here, Jimmy. Yeah. To talk this other loser, Dan, into a Netflix show that we both like. Jimmy, you tell him, Don. Oh, he's so sad. So next week, uh, Jeff and I are talking Dan into one of my favorite Netflix shows. It is called Love. Yeah, it's good. By <laughs> Judd Apatow. And um, yeah, I think it's a really great show. I think Dan's going to really like it. And uh, we're only watching the first three episodes. Ooh. Yep. I don't remember what happened in them, so hopefully it's a good stopping point. <laughs> yeah. We just picked three because we're nice to Dan. Yeah, we didn't want to give too much. Three hours, three hours out of your life. Hopefully it's enough. Not even an hour. It's cool. Yes. Yeah. I've tried to watch this show before. We'll talk about that a little oh, bit more. Right. I'm interested. Dan, where can people find the show that I hate <laughs> on the internet? You can find us at talkmeinto.com. Um on Facebook under the name Talk Me Into. We're on Twitter at Talk Me Into. We're on YouTube. Search Talk Me Into. We're on Patreon.com slash Talk Me Into. We have so many things, guys. It's really hard to keep up with. Jim. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for bringing it over to me. Uh, you can find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N A V A F I T C H, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I feel bad asking this, but Jeff, where can people find you online? People can find me every Thursday in my car between 12 and 1 on my lunch break, listening to the newest episode of Off Menu, laughing out loud by myself with no friends, eating a lunch that my wife packed, wishing it was my dream menu. Dan. Meatballs and chicken. You can't even stay mad after that one. I wish this lunch was meatballs and chicken. 20 meatballs and a chicken leg, please. Also, pour a bunch of sugar in a glass and let me drink it. It's a wonder that this series started out with Jeff saying, my name's Jeff and I have gout. What's your dream meal? Meat on meat. Dan, where can people find you on the internet? Guys, you can find me on Twitter under the name Danny underscore breakdown and I'm going to start doing a little cross promotion here you can check out my oh, band wow. if you're a fan of pop punk yeah, yeah, skate yeah. punk some grunge influences you could find us at olddogsmusic.com that's old with an e so o-l-d-e-m-u-s-i-c dot com oh I left out the dogs o-l-d-e-d-o-g-s dot com m-u-s-i-c dot com olddogsmusic.com Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Having a podcast that makes money like off menu. Cool. Love. <laughs>
<laughs> I hate you guys. We're not even doing the fun facts right now. We're doing off-menu. No, he was looking for his notes, his oh, actual off-menu oh. notes. That is true, but also I was looking at my fun <laughs> facts because I was not thinking. <laughs> All right, one of you jabrones bring us Let's in. talk format real quick. Are we going to talk about the episodes, then do our off-menus? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Well, at the very end, even whether you're talking to it or not. Do oh, you, after oh, that? Oh, do you want to do it before? Yeah, I, I would. Okay. Then go to the question. You agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't let Jeff sway you. He's stupid. All right, why don't you bring us in? You want me to? Sure, James. I'm gonna eat some slop. Oh, no, my. come on, dude. I can eat slop while Ch Jimmy talks. <laughs> I'm not recording until you're completely done eating. What? He they fucking go He's slower. So slow. I <laughs> hate you. I ate before. I came here early so I could eat. Fucking hungry boy paper wow. handwritten first time he did handwritten i switched over to digital every word handwritten and he's the loss of youth whoa jim you're pulling my head sorry phones yeah i think the table needs to shift a little because well, look at how look at this full it extension. doesn't matter if the table shifts it do i have room on the plug no you're wrong jeff because if the table was this way you'd be closer I would be closer, but the, the fucking cable is still stretched to the max. The table can move underneath it all at once. This is not moving from this area in space. Jim, just bring us in. Come on. I'm, I'm done arguing with sloppy boy over here. 